0: You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment Production. This episode...
1: You'll never see this twist coming in Fab Facts. We're making a run for the border in The
0: Randomizer. Rate 6. Full speed ahead for Stingray, Monster from the Deep. Or oh, all systems PWR for Pod 192. Of the Loving Dubbing Valentine's Jerry Anderson Podcast.
1: Uh, how sickly.
2: Let's get started.
3: Let's go. Spectrum is green.
2: The Gerry Anderson
4: Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James.
0: lovey what? dovey see i'm the lovey you're the dovey that's the way i look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true isn't it
1: uh fine okay well this is the jerry anderson podcast with lovey yep. and dovey um <laughs> which sounds very very weird anyway if, if, you're, very if you're all that way minded then happy valentine's yeah. day podstron if not, there we are i mean Said we're, it, got you it, know, way. Yeah, we're sending you some 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 jerry anderson style love anyway yeah. regardless yeah. of how you feel about this uh Horrendously commercial day All this lovely day To appreciate loved ones uh, <laughs> However you see it It's still the Jerry Anderson podcast I'm still Jamie yes. Anderson He's still yes. Richard N. James Oh Richard N. James. Oh, James You're bringing back The Einstein today Are you Do you like
0: it Yeah I think yeah, yeah, It makes me right, it, it brings me A certain weird.
1: something Doesn't it Yeah okay oh. uh, And over there Today yes. Now Chris is what? standing what? At a very expensive Looking coffee maker Which he, he somehow is. Wheeled in without, without me noticing I didn't see that yeah. And I think He's moved from randomizer to barista
0: that's what he's doing. He's got that little apron tied around him yeah. as well. Look. He's uh, steaming
1: a huge amount of milk there, so oh, goodness knows yeah, what he's he doing.
0: Mm, Making uh, a lovely flat white by the looks of
1: it. Yeah, well, if anybody's uh, lactose intolerant or anything, then do let me uh, know. We'll put an order in yeah. for an oat milk latte for you. Great. Um, yeah, how many
0: listeners do we have these days? I mean, what, what should we say? A couple of thousand? A uh, few thousand flat whites or uh, um, flat whites, and put yeah. a smattering of oat milk ones in there as well, Chris. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, okay. And I'll pick up the tab.
1: Well, hopefully, we'll find out what he's up to later on. But once he's finished baristering, yes. Chris will be randomising with the Jerry Hansen randomiser. Which, by the way, has got its own podcast if you don't want to listen to Richard and I. Oh, they're turning yeah. off in their droves now. Uh, yes. You just search for the Gerry Anderson randomizer with Chris Dale on your podcast app of choice and you'll find that uh, where you can just find all of the randomizers without all the fluff.
0: Uh, right. right, Okay. said yeah. fluff consists yes.
1: of many things which Richard will True. adeptly describe to you now.
0: That's true. But only after I ask you this question, Jamie, if there's a randomizer on its own in a podcast, is there also, can you listen to a version of this podcast with just the fluff? And no randomizer.
1: <laughs> the, the Jerry Anson fluff cast. Now, it, we just, that's basically all of the podcast
0: up until the randomizer, yeah, essentially. That's true. Yeah, so, yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, we you just can, a, and you're listening just, to it. Yeah, it's the filler, isn't it? Anyway, uh, yes, so aside from the randomizer, we have, of course, got Fab Facts coming up in just a little while. Uh, we've got, now, what's this uh, Stingray we've got coming up uh, this week uh, rather than an interview or featurette?
1: Yes, it's, it's a chapter from Stingray, Monster right. From the deep.
0: Uh, and last week we gave you Thunderbirds, Peril
1: in Peru, which is already out, but this time it's a real exclusive preview. Uh, Stingray Monster from the Deep, Chapter 1, so you get to hear what it's going to be like. A uh, full cast of Mark Silk, Wayne Forrester, Jules de Young and Nick Briggs with Aquafibians performed by Benjamin Page. Ah, um, oh, wonderful. Producer wonderful. Ben of the podcast, who does the wonderful job of the Aquafibians. Uh, yeah, you get Chapter 1 coming up later on. But we've got some other stuff, the other fluff.
0: Yes, we have. Such that's as? True. Yeah. Well, we've got the Jerry Anderson news, of course, coming up because there's always something new happening in the Jerry fluff. Anderson universe. Yeah, no, it isn't. News. And we like to talk about it a lot because yes. it's exciting. Yes. Uh, so that's coming up. And we'll be hearing from our lovely podstrons who once again on. have been... Hang uh, What? That's not fluff either. No, no, that's true. So it's just you and me that's the fluff, isn't it? Oh, no, I can't. Ah, yeah, sorry, Carol. Oh, dear. It's just dawned on me. Um, yes, they've been emailing us at podcast at jerryanderson.com and they've been posting on our Facebook group and also hashtagging us on Twitter. I forgot to read out some tweets last week, but I shall do that this week as uh, people have been tweeting us, tagging me, Richard N. James, you, and I'm Jamie Anderson, and him over there, Chris Dalek. Oh, yes, I would like some chocolate sprinkled on the top of that, please. Thank you very much. Yeah, oh, all coming up. See, Yeah. Hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, so, and all yes, of that will yes. be interspersed by your resident Jerry Anderson fluffers, uh, me and oh. Richard. That sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Anyway, I really wish you hadn't said that. Let's yeah. move on very swiftly Quickly. to uh, hmm? the first segment of this podcast, which is called Fab
0: Facts. Thank goodness for that. Fluffy.
3: Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. In this fluffiest of fluffy fab facts... Will
0: you just... No, stop it, <laughs> it. Just stop it. I can't help it. All right, fine. No. It's cracking. just normal,
1: unfluffy yes. fluffy fab facts. Yes. I've got a book of fab facts. Here yes. it is, which yes. survived its ordeal from being thrown at me last week by Chris Dale. Oh, yes, uh, I yes. I will flick Digital. through thusly. Richard mm-hmm. will shout mm-hmm. fab while I'm flicking. I'll stop on the page when Richard shouts fab and read you a fab fact, which hopefully you will find fab and factual. Yes, okay. James, are you ready with your fab? Yes, go on then. Here we go. Fluff! I mean, fab! Oh, oh, now I stopped on the what? fluff. Oh, okay. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, first time. Yeah. <laughs> go on. Uh, okay, well, let's go with the fluff fact instead and see okay, how we get okay. on. How's that? All right, yeah. Uh, now, Richard James, we've spoken many times before about Lou Grade and how yes. generous he was as a supporter of APF and Century 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, famously... One time when Dad was feeling a bit uncertain as to whether Lou would be interested in his latest idea, Lou grabbed Dad by the scruff of the neck. I think it was by a shirt collar, maybe. Yeah, you think.
0: He's not a cat. Exactly. Meow!
1: Anyway, grabbed him by the, the shirt collar, pointed up at the ceiling and said, Jerry, if you wanted to make a series about that light bulb, I'd back you. Yeah, and I'd novelise it uh, Well, yeah, exactly, Richard James would novelise it Anyway, that probably explains the Secret Service uh, <laughs> <laughs> Surely regretted Gosh. the light bulb comment No, we love the Secret <laughs> yeah. Service in its own way yeah. uh, Anyway, there was, however, one series idea that Lou was not prepared to back Mmm, right Dad wanted to make a big American-style police series uh, and get okay. one of the biggest names of the time to star as the main character now, we don't know who it was specifically, if he had anyone particular in mind, but although considering yeah. how generous Lou was with his checkbook, Dad probably could have offered it to pretty much anyone he wanted. Yes, gosh. Now, the idea of this series was to produce 52 episodes of the biggest and bestest police show of all time. Of course it was. Centred heavily around the star main character. Now, at around episode 26, there would have been a huge shootout in which said main character would have been unexpectedly killed off. What? You can't do that. Well, the show would then have brought in a new main character who would have then had to prove himself to the other characters and the audience who would hopefully be enticed mm. to keep watching just in case... The new guy got killed. A risky well, strategy, I If anything say. could happen, right?
0: Yeah, Literally, yeah.
1: Anything could happen in the next half hour. Uh, mm. Now, Lou was not keen on this idea, thinking that it would be madness to go all out with the trouble of building up a series and then risk it by throwing out the leading man. So, yeah, that series did not get the go-ahead. Of course, Dad did keep this basic idea in mind and later found a use for it. Richard, as you know, in 1967, for a series in which the title character was killed off in his oh. very first episode. Oh, that series, of course. That's Captain Scarlet. Captain Scarlet, yes. Uh Now, going back to the Unmade Police series and the idea of killing off the leading man, maybe it wouldn't have worked, maybe it Mm. would have done, who knows. Mm -hmm. Perhaps viewers at the time really were ready for it, Mm. or maybe they weren't, or, Mm. you know, they might have embraced it and absolutely loved it. Times Mm. have changed, obviously, and in the past 20 years, there have been plenty of crime dramas and sci-fi shows and so on that have promoted a particular actor as being the lead cast and then unexpectedly killed them off. Either yeah. in the first episode dead. Yep. or early in the first series, shot them, blow yeah. them up, push them into a deep fat fryer, whatever. All those well, things. I don't remember that. Uh, no, nor me. <laughs> uh, in a in a way, though, it's kind of a, a shock if there isn't a shock death. So nowadays, mm. an idea like Dad's probably wouldn't have been that unusual maybe even a bit tame. But for the mid-1960s, it probably would have been quite shocking and quite uh, forward-looking and avant-garde. Whether the audience would have seen it as a good shock or a bad shock, we'll never know. But it does show how far television has evolved since those days and how far ahead of his time Dad was in his thinking.
0: That's interesting, isn't it? Yes. Now, that's very interesting because I can foresee problems there. Firstly, are you going to get an actor willing to be killed off halfway through a potentially very successful series...
1: Well, is there another side you know, to it, which is you don't have to commit to multiple series? You're mm, committing to 26 steps, yeah. and that's
0: it? Yeah. But, but secondly, what actor is going to want to step into someone else's very successful shoes if the first half of the series was a huge success and you take over and it uh, bombs?
1: Richard James, have you ever heard of a show called Doctor Who?
0: Doctor, uh, it does ring a bell. Well, they don't change the leading character every four or five years, do they? (laughs) (laughs) Unheard of.
1: How would a thing ever work like that?
0: But it's very interesting, interesting. isn't
1: it? Because Dad basically invented regeneration before... Doctor Who, yes. potentially.
0: Yes, that's true. Yes, I suppose. So, yeah, I've been watching the uh, the Star Wars movies recently, and uh, they were struggling to get Harrison Ford back for the Return of the Jedi, the third of his films, because he was only con- on contract for the first two, apparently. Mm. Uh, and so he wanted to be killed in the third film. Uh, George Lucas wasn't keen on that at all because uh, he was thinking of the merchandise and, and <laughs> thought, well, who wants to buy a dead character? That's the thing. Oh, yeah, so there's that as well. So, well. But an adult police show... Probably yeah. not big on the merch. No, that's true. That's true. No, so yeah, I could, of course it would work, yeah.
1: Anyway, so are you going to go off and write Jerry Anderson's uh, Lost yes. Police Show now? Yes, absolutely. Well, I think I was do. in one, wasn't I? Oh, well, of course, yes. <laughs> because he, he obviously kept the idea of wanting to do a big budget for American right. police show yeah. until Space Precinct and then just yeah. put it in space with some aliens, that's in right. it.
0: That's right. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Although, there's the, I wonder if actually everything he produced was there in some form as a germ of an idea uh, right from his, you know, his very yeah. early days. I can tell you we actually touch on this and have an
1: answer ah. from him in Jerry Anderson ah. Life Unchanted, the documentary It's coming to Britbox on the 14th of April. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I'm on auto- autopilot when I say that, but I am very no, no, excited about good. you all seeing it because it's a very personal thing and you'll get answers like that. So, yeah. uh, there you go. Okay. Nice. Fascinating. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, there you go. It was never to be. There was no shock death. And so um we got Captain Scarlet instead. So maybe that's the Fair silver enough. lining to this whole thing. Exactly. Anyway, there you go. That brings us very neatly, I think, to the end of this week's Yes. Shock fact! Oh, well, that's oh, fine. Yeah. Shock death fact. We did it. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: I thought I was going a bit dark with that one, but it seems to work, doesn't it? Mm, shock sort of. When diluted
1: uh, by my shock, your death is fine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> good. Now, there's a phrase I thought I'd never <laughs> hear. Uh, now, uh we have, uh, of course, been uh, subjected to a barrage of emails and Facebook posts and tweets, and I would like to read some of them out now, if I may. I'd love you to do that, please do. Uh, good. For example, Michael Gray posted on our Facebook group, my nine year old daughter decided to pop down and join me for an episode of Space 1999 the episode Dragon's Domain Brilliant. she came down just as the crew got sucked in and spat out uh, about five minutes she made a quick exit complaining that she would have nightmares probably the furthest away from the comfort of Thunderbirds and Stingray that she could get bless her uh, fab parenting says Michael <laughs> not sure about that yeah I don't think we should be advocating
1: for <laughs> you know causing kids to you know wet the bed or don't. cry through Jerry no, production, so no, yeah, be careful really but, but do, do, what, uh, do uh, you know introduce other
0: uh less scary ones to her yes yeah maybe don't listen to first action bureau quite All yet no, no. uh greetings jamie richard and archduke randomizer says Dom riley further to chris's place of the angels nothing can go wrong i think what was quicker than that was the mighty atom probably 45 to 60 seconds after it was said the hood started shooting and there were alarms galore kaboom keep it up chaps don riley Kaboom! There you go. Uh, Hannah says, after watching Terrorhawks recently, I was wondering, is it true that the episodes The Spirilla and Gold were originally season one episodes and were moved to season three, and why was that? Hmm.
1: I can't answer you that, I'm afraid, Hannah. You've, no. you, you've got me there. Yeah, um, okay. So, in fact, I'll tell you what, while Richard reads the next thing, I'm going to look up an mm-hmm. answer to Hannah's uh, question see if I can find it.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, Martin Ackroyd got in touch uh, about the uh, Investigator Dinky Toys. If you unscrew the car and boat base plates, we are talking about these a couple of pods ago, it says the Investigator, and in the early 90s, at the Fanderson Convention in Wolverhampton, in a, a very young Jamie and Simon Archer purchased the Dinky Boat from my dealer's table. Oh. Martin Ackroyd showing his age there a little bit. Oh, lovely Simon, yeah. It was Simon, Simon took me around all sorts of conventions oh. and stuff. He was brilliant. Yeah, great. How lovely. Uh, and Craig Walker says, uh, Oh, I picked this up at my local WH Smith in the clearance for just £4. A picture of a Captain Scarlet Spectrum agent's manual. And on a similar note, Rob Doyle, I just noticed this on eBay. Uh, glad I got mine from the Anderson store a few years ago. The postage is a bit steep. And he's found Thunderbird's Arctic Adventure, the novel, for 999 Australian dollars, which is about 529 quid plus 30 quid postage.
1: That is quite, uh, yeah. <laughs> a bit Good steep, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? People, they try their luck, I suppose. Maybe, you know, maybe one one person in a in hundred thousand would pay it. You never they, know. Somebody write really well.
1: Now, I've got an Ridiculous. ask for you on gold. Oh, go for it. So, although it was filmed third, this episode yeah. was intended to be seen as episode four as on its original transmission in Japan uh, on April 23rd, 1985. In the UK, however, Gold was held back to air as the final episode Aww. of the original broadcast run so that viewers apparently saw the death of Neinstein, of who had appeared in all previous 38 episodes rather than just the Neinstein who had been seen in the first two episodes of the show. so holding off the news of death to make it dramatic I mean I'm not sure that works because the whole point was he was a clone and could be replaced but there we go there's a sort of answer for you there's
0: an answer absolutely Um, and uh, finally uh, just a couple more because I was asking uh, people as we get uh, closer to our 200th pod uh, for their memories of their favourite podcast and their favourite randomiser and what we might do for our 200th Neil Robert Holloway says I've been listening from the start Mummy A Derek Meddings and Barry Gray interviews spring to mind as being favourites but with so many interviews, the likes of the sadly missed Shane Rimmer and Denise Breyer. Uh, also he says I for one enjoy listening to them all to pick a randomiser episode is a difficult one Chris Dale gives a very good insight to each one and things you don't know yourself like uh, Captain Scarlet's need for ice always makes me giggle um he'd like a fab live or an interview with one of the podstrons. Uh, be a bit different for the 200th podcast or get Jamie to watch an episode of Joe 90, as we all know he likes it but never admits it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly my issue. I just <laughs> love it too much.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, there we go. All for now, I'll, I'll read out a few more um, after the Jerry Anderson news. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I forgot yes. we've got There's news, just, haven't we? Give us a, a little hint. Uh, Come on. Uh, okay, Put your I'm preparing the Gerry Anderson news yeah. now. Here we go. Get on with it. Yeah.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, I almost got distracted there. Yes, it's the Gerry Anson News... Uh, news, 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 news! Brilliant, you went straight forward oh, this time. Thank you. Was, Much yeah, better. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so here we go. Let's start with this. So let's start with this concert news. Finally, I know I've been promising it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, but it's finally, finally here now. Oh, yes. At the time of recording this news, it's so close to the wire in terms of the release. I didn't actually tell you the news right now this second on the news. But if you go and look at jerryanderson.com probably from about 9am today on the day of release, that's the 14th of February, then you should be able to find it right there. Rather exciting host announcement, as well as uh, one of the instrumentalists who um, I'm sure you'll be will be pleased will be present on the night. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, lots more to come on that. And it's, it's going to be a hell of a night. I hope you can join us documentary news coming this thursday Uh, news about well when and how you can see it Uh, maybe some further information there too but we've been putting the finishing touches to the doc over the last 10 days two weeks and gosh what an emotional ride it is you're going to learn who dad really was um, and why he did what he did and um, where his creativity came from what inspired him it's just an incredibly personal journey, and I hope you're all going to enjoy it and, and love it, hopefully. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so more on that from this Thursday. This Friday, we're bidding farewell to uh, a few more T-shirt designs to make way for some upcoming bits and pieces. So check out the Farewell Friday collection on the Jerry Anderson store. And if you've still not got your calendar, your Thunderbirds calendar for this year, I know it's February, but there's still, mm-hmm. well, the rest of February and another 10 months after that, you can enjoy it. You'll get your last chance to grab the calendar uh, on Tuesday this week Tuesday the 15th mm-hmm. uh, there'll be a special offer you can get it for a reduced price uh, and then that will be that there will be no more Thunderbirds calendar for this year oh I
0: hope I get mine uh,
1: what do you want to see for next year email us podcastgerryanderson.com uh, there's lots of other stuff going on in the world uh, of Jerry Anderson and beyond but for now I think that'll do that's the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News
0: that was the news that was the news
1: Oh, beautiful voice today! I'd
0: say. I thank mean, you so always much. lovely singing yeah, from you, yeah, but particularly I, I try my best. today. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, just the voice, or or the whole ensemble? Uh, the whole ensemble. Do you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Sure. I have made an effort today. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, just a quick reminder before we move on: you can subscribe to us on whichever platform you're listening to us on right now. Whatever that might be, right now, you can subscribe to us, which means you will never miss a single pod Uh, also you can leave a nice uh, review and a rating let us know how we're doing and share the link with all your friends so they get to hear us too people have been in touch also by emailing us podcast at jerryanderson.com they've been posting on our Facebook group just search for uh, Jerry Anderson podcast official listeners group and uh, answer a few questions and uh, we'll let you in and uh, also tweeting us and hashtagging Jerry Anderson podcast over on Twitter and I'll be reading a few of those out later too now over on our Facebook group Phil Murphy has said hi everyone I'm sure this has been mentioned already ready i've heard the plot for the new sci-fi movie moonfall and it takes sizable inspiration from space 1999 in my opinion
1: hmm yes didn't i tweet um
0: Ah, 9991 colon e c a p s (laughs) yes because it's the reverse idea isn't it of space 1999 yes crashing crashing into the earth earth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, On a similar note, Scott Sadler's spotted an upcoming movie. The tagline reads thus. It says, First came the wave, then came the quake. Prepare for the Burning Sea, which he thinks bears more than a passing resemblance to Thunderbirds episode Atlantic Inferno. Absolutely. Well, there's nothing new in the universe, is there really? That's true. There really isn't. Uh, Phil Steer has been in touch. Of course, he has to say, hi, Jamie, Richard Griss. Uh, Many thanks, Richard, for reading out my random observations the other week. Just one quick thought this time. Given that the Gerry Anderson universe is so keen on its TLAs... That's three-letter acronyms. My favourite, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about another? A sense of dread and impending doom being signified by the TLA QFF, as in quick fire five. Yeah. 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 Um, now Phil says I'm very much looking forward to attending standby for action and would love to come to a live recording of the podcast realistically I'm more likely to be able to attend if it's on the same day as the concert so that would get my vote although an evening do would be great if it weren't for the cost of staying overnight Uh, many thanks for all the entertainment and the podcast see you and the podstron soon I hope best wishes from Phil well that sounds very much
1: like it's locked in for Saturday afternoon time venue TBC
0: All right, great. Well, there you are. You heard it here, possibly first. Uh, Duncan Moss has received his new TerraHawks mug. says he's arrived today. It's a lovely design, and he's very happy with it. Uh, And... Ian Allen says, I'm all signed up to go for the big concert in April, but I do love the image sent from the Anderson store. Would be great as a poster or jigsaw or even a nice T-shirt. Whoever designed the image, you did a fantastic job. Spot on. Ah, so that's the poster for the, uh, for the gig, which looks absolutely ah, And that'll be the lovely.
1: lovely Mike Jones, who does all the right. fantastic artwork for all the soundtracks,
0: of course. So, so there you
1: go. Of course you're going to like it because Mike loves the shows and that shows.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, if there's any chance of getting that on a t shirt or a jigsaw, then uh, he'd be very uh, appreciative of it. Let's see what we can do. All right, okay. Now, then, uh, let's see uh, asking our lovely Podstrons what they've enjoyed over the last 200 odd hods david atkinson says he's been listening from the start gary newman is his favorite interview fab live for pod 200 he says and he enjoys all of chris's randomizers Uh, robbie says i've listened to each and every podcast i think it was i was a few months late but i quickly caught up i even noticed too that those first episodes which seemed like they were going to be duds upon first glance turned out all right (laughs) however more often than not i stuck with it and was pleasantly surprised (laughs) that's good to hear isn't Hmm. it a couple of standouts as faves would have to be justin and lindsay lee Uh, I just love their passion and enthusiasm oh, yes. for Nation. in addition to Samira Ahmed's commentary on the GA shows, in particular Space 1999. I also really love Fab Facts.
3: Aww. Sorry, Richard.
0: Not sorry. Anyway, thanks to you all for brightening up my Mondays. I hope you make it to pod 2000. <laughs> well, really? <laughs> nah, I almost mean, choked on that, actually. Something has gone terribly wrong if I'm still doing the Jerry Anderson podcast for pod 2000. In, in
1: what would that be? 40, well, 40 some years? Yeah, some no. strange...
0: More than that, I would think. Yeah.
1: Uh, 2000 Come on, work it out. divided mm. by 52.
0: <clears> 38 <throat> years, yeah. 30, oh, sorry. Actually, it is quite possible then, isn't it? Yeah, and
1: then minus three years for what we've got already, nearly four. So. I'll be
0: 91, so I'll be 88. Okay. Yeah, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Right, see yeah. you pod
1: 2000 in 30 uh, yeah. well, odd no, we years.
0: Can't just, we've got to do everyone in between, though. We can't oh, just skip to that one, can we? Okay. Yeah. And finally for now, Sonia Wilde says that she's enjoyed every single pod. Uh, Sophie Aldred was my favourite interview, followed by Sophia Miles. Favourite randomiser was a recent doppelganger. Bring on the 200th, she says. Absolutely. It'll be It's you know it. Yeah, yeah. So there we are, uh, a few more later on, of course.
1: OK, well, thank yeah. you for all those. Uh, mm. In advance of 200, we still like to give you a gift, uh, and that a gift yes. is coming up right now. Now, did you enjoy Thunderbird's Peril in Peru last week?
0: Oh, not half. Well,
1: I hope you did. But whether you did or not, then maybe Stingray might be more your cup of tea. Mm -hmm. We'll have to find out Well, Mm. If Stingray is your preference over Thunderbirds Then you're absolutely in luck And if you enjoyed last week Then you're equally in luck Because this week is a very special preview Of Stingray, Monster from the Deep Uh, Monster from the Deep is a new audio adaptation Of John Thaden's classic novel Stingray and the Monster Uh, It's coming soon to CD, hardback book And of course digital download at bigfinish.com And stars Mark Silk as Troy Tempest uh, Wayne Forrester as Phones, Jules Young as Atlanta, and Nicholas Briggs as Titan and Commander Shaw with Ben Page. Starring, I would say, uh, as the Aquaphibians. It's a bloody great story, so you're going to enjoy it. And uh, here's Chapter One to wet your appetite because it's ocean themed. Do you get it? Rather than wet.
0: Oh, I see. I see. Right.
1: <clears throat> Splash. Stingray.
4: Monster from the Deep by John Faden, Adapted by Ben Page. Narrated by Wayne Forrester. Chapter One, Man from the Past.
3: Say, Troy, there's that craft again. That's the third day running. They sure must like the view phones. Yeah, looks like that girl's even taking pictures of it to put in her album. If they want picture postcards of Marineville, they can get a dollar a packet at any store. Security checked. Let's go topside and take a closer look at them. Blow one. Bring her up slow and careful phones. Don't want the wash to swamp that smaller craft.
4: Aye aye, Skipper. The forward tank emptied and Stingray's nose tilted. Captain Troy Tempest and Lieutenant Phones Sheridan were seaborne for a routine patrol. The super sub surfaced and rode gracefully on the gentle swell of the gray-green ocean in the glare of the Pacific sun. A mile behind, Marineville, the Wasp base, was visible beyond yellow-white beaches The chequered control tower silhouetted against the cloud-fleeced
3: blue of the Californian sky. Name: Santa Ana. Registration number SD21. Hmm, registered in San Diego. Guess she's a bit off her beat phones. Okay, clear the video scan arm. I'll go up and have a word with them.
4: From the conning tower, Troy looked down on the deck of the launch. A small, swarthy-faced man, in floppy Panama hat, grimy white jacket and ducks, was leaning against the rail. Next to him, a pretty gold-tanned girl, with bushy blonde hair, in a blue-striped T-shirt and white shorts, was staring intently through dark sunglasses at Stingray. She held a cine-camera with a telescopic lens...
3: Powerful craft, atomic-powered turbojets, maximum speed, maybe 200 knots, easily handled by a crew of two, but somehow this pair doesn't fit the picture. Ahoy there! Santa Anna! What's your business?
5: Ahoy there, Stingray! We're just cruising around. Any law against it?
3: No, miss, but there could be against taking pictures off Marineville...
5: Oh, gee, you don't think I'm a spy planning to blow up Marineville, do you, Commander?
3: Well, I'd sure hate to think so, Miss, but it's not Commander, just plain Captain.
5: Captain? Why, of course, how stupid of me. You must be Captain Tempest. THE Captain Tempest. The guy who does all those wonderful things.
3: Some of the things I have to do aren't so wonderful, Miss. Like ordering tourists to watch their step. Commander Shore is kind of touchy about unauthorized folk taking pictures on his front doorstep.
5: Do you want to confiscate the film, Captain?
3: Guess I'll have to. Hey, wait!
5: Catch! Oh, how stupid of me. Now it's ruined. Still, if I were a spy, the pictures wouldn't be of any use now, would they? Marineville can breathe again.
3: Yeah. Hmm. You'd better pull out, miss.
5: Okay, Captain. Get her underway, Jose.
3: Oh, si, senorita.
5: Bye, Captain Tempest. Maybe we'll meet again sometime.
4: Troy did not wave back, but climbed down through the hatch and sat at the controls. His tanned face set thoughtfully. Phones winked at Marina, the lovely, green-haired, mysterious girl from the ocean who was the third member of Stingray's crew.
3: Didn't she ask for your autograph, Troy? You can go to Timbuktu, but seriously, something didn't add up there, Phones. She dropped that film in the water on purpose, and I've got a hunch those two weren't the only ones abroad. If you're suspicious, why don't we take them in for quizzing? Reckon they're clever enough not to give us anything to pin on them, contact control tower and have security check on their boat. Maybe we can get a line on them that way without warning them off. If they're up to something fishy, could be they'll hang themselves if they're given enough rope.
4: Aboard the Santa Anna, a second man joined the girl on deck. He was tall and powerful, with a dark mane of gray-streaked hair sweeping back from a high intellectual brow. His heavy beard could not soften the hard, ruthless lines of his face or completely hide the scar that ran down from his left earlobe to the corner of his thin,
6: cruel mouth.
5: Did I handle him okay, Father?
6: Sure, Helga. You held him swell. If only we could get hold of Stingray. She's just what we need for the job. And it would hit that skunk sure where it hurts most, losing his crack patrol vessel. Why not, Father? It's too risky to tangle with a tough guy like Tempest. We must keep our risks to a minimum, honey. It'll have to be another craft. Uh, Stingray or any other, I do not like this, Senor Hagan. No one's asking you whether you like it or not, amigo. You'll do what you're told. Si, si, Senor.
4: But these, uh, how they call them, these wasps, they are not good to meddle with any more than those that make their nests in the jungle.
5: Snap out of it, Jose. Just think of what's at the
7: end of it. see, I always think of that, senorita. At night I dream of it. It is worth taking risks for. But, uh, like the senor say, not
4: with La Tempestad, as we call him down in Mexico. Caramba, Jose rather
7: take on the killer shark.
4: Uneventful
3: patrol, Captain.
5: Control tower to Captain Tempest. Will you please report to Commander Shore immediately?
3: Okay, Atlanta.
4: When he reached the spacious main control room, he found Commander Shore alone with his Auburn head daughter, Atlanta, an assistant controller at WASP headquarters with the rank of lieutenant, Confined to his chair since he was crippled on active service some years before, Commander Shaw resented his enforced inaction, while the men he commanded risked their lives in the ocean depths. At times he became irritable and short-tempered. But his men knew his bark was far worse than his bite, and they worshipped him.
8: Hi, Tempest. Quiet trip?
3: Yes, sir. Apart from that little incident of the Santa Ana I reported.
8: That's what I want to see you about, Captain. Report here from security on that craft. It's a bonafide registration at San Diego. Owner's a guy who can be vouched for, old naval man. He says he hired it out three days ago to a Miss Helga Hansen. She said she wanted to make a sightseeing cruise up the Californian coast. She paid a deposit in cash and collected the craft with a Latin American character named Jose. That
3: adds up, sir.
8: Yeah. On the face of it, an innocent little trip that plenty of folk make. Sure, you caught her taking pictures of Marineville,
3: but I guess that's just the kind of thing a dumb tourist might do. She wasn't so dumb. She knew how to throw that film so that I couldn't catch it, Commander. And then, as I reported... I had a hunch somebody was keeping out of sight on that craft.
8: Your hunch was right, Troy. I detailed a surface craft to keep tabs on the Santa Ana. She docked at San Renardo, 40 miles south of here, about an hour later. Three people went ashore. Your blonde, the man Jose, and
3: this guy. Know him, Tempest? No, sir. Looks like a ruthless type to me. Do you know him, sir? I've got a hunch about him.
8: I thought of having him picked up for interrogation. But we've got nothing on him. And if he should be some innocent guy with powerful friends in Washington, we'd sure get a humdinger of a rocket from the
3: Defense Department. But you're still keeping tabs on him, sir. That was the big idea. But the numbskulls lost
8: track. Security. They couldn't keep tabs on a tortoise! Pull out that prison photo, Atlanta.
9: Sure.
3: Compare them, Tempest. Strip away that beard on the one, or put a beard on the other, sure it might be. Not easy to tell without seeing the eyes hidden by those sunglasses in the first picture. Who's the jailbird, Commander?
8: Conrad Hagen.
3: Hagen? That rings a bell, sir.
8: It should do if you know your Wasp history, Tempest. When Atlanta was a Todd of three, he got 20 years for piracy without remission. He was one of the most ruthless scoundrels who ever hijacked a cargo on the Seven Seas. And that doesn't exclude Captain Kidd and Morgan or any of that old-time bunch of
3: cutthroats. 20 years, huh? You mean Hagen's just being released, sir? Sure.
8: A month ago. And he vanished within an hour of setting foot outside the penitentiary. Security thought he'd gone to ground someplace, but now...
3: You think he could be this bearded guy on the Santa Ana? That's my hunch. But what's he doing up here around Marineville? This is the last place a guy like that ought to be sticking his neck out. He'd know if he put a foot wrong, he'd be roped in again.
8: There's something maybe you don't know. A certain Captain Samuel Shore was the one who caught that tiger shark and put him behind bars. And he
5: swore he'd
8: get me for it if it took him the rest of his life.
5: Father, you never told me about this.
8: Ah, uh, it was ancient history, I guess, honey. But I never lost any sleep over it. But I'm telling Troy now. Because maybe it could account for this guy hanging around here. If... He is Hagen.
3: If? You haven't really got any doubt, have you, sir? No, son. You see, Hagen
8: had a daughter when he was jailed a blonde haired kid about Atlanta's age. And her name was Helga.
3: The girl on the Santa Ana?
8: That's my guess.
3: Reckon you've got to look out for squalls, Commander.
8: By Neptune, I'm not scared of that guy, or a hundred like him. But I don't like the notion of him being on the loose again. A tiger shark like that can't change his stripes any more than a leopard could change its spots. And we've got trouble enough with Titan breathing down our necks without having to worry about Hagen. Okay, Tempest, that's all. I just figured you ought to be put wise to this guy so you can keep your eyes open for trouble. Nothing's too low for him to sink to.
5: I'm signing off now, Troy.
3: Okay, Atlanta, I'll take you home. Maybe you and me and Phones and Marina could do a show tonight.
5: That'll be swell. Be seeing you, Father.
3: So long, honey. Have fun. I've got my hover car outside. Let's go pick up Phones and Marina.
5: I'll fix a quick meal at my place.
3: We'll pass right by that restaurant.
5: No way! That place gives me the (laughs) creeps. There goes that heel. Tempest now, Father.
7: Your menu, sir,
6: madam. Anything to drink? Get out of here. My daughter and I are having a conversation.
5: Who's the redhead in Wasp's uniform in the front seat with them? I wonder?
7: Oh, uh, that is Commander Shore's daughter, Atlanta, miss. Shore's daughter? (laughs) Oh, silly me. I have forgotten the breadsticks. I will return. Weird guy.
6: The world's full of weird birds, honey. Especially in jail. I'd give my right arm to hijack Stingray.
5: But you said it was too risky, Father.
6: Sure, but I've had second thoughts. This whole thing's one mighty big gamble anyway. But if we had Stingray's speed, nothing in the world could catch us underwater. The rest of the wasp vessels haven't got her fantastic speed. But how to get her, that would be the problem. Security's too tight in Marineville... Somehow we'd have to try to grab her when she was at sea. Excuse me? Hey! What? You like to steal, Stingray? You listen too much for your own good, friend.
7: I have information that will help you, sir. What's this? The route Stingray will take on patrol tomorrow, sir. Where did you get it? It is my business to get these things, sir. You fool. I could take this and not give you a cent. Sir, I do not want payment. If Tempest should die when you steal Stingray, I shall be more than repaid for my services.
5: (laughs) He sounds like a nutcase to me, Father.
6: Maybe, but this looks like the goods to me. We won't lose anything by trying it anyway. Let's eat up and go, honey. We've got plenty to do before morning.
4: When his spell of duty was over, the waiter left the restaurant, and keeping to the shadows, made his way down to the beach outside Marineville. In the light of a huge moon which was coming up over the mountains, he walked along the beach to where high, dark cliffs dropped sheerly down into the shimmering ocean. A quick glance round, and he had vanished into a cleft at the base of the cliff. A few minutes later, undetected even by the radar and sound scanners that constantly protected Marineville base, a craft with a fish-like snout shot from an underwater cave and sped west. A short time later, it surfaced in a large cavern at the foot of a cliff on the lonely island of Lemoy. The waiter, chuckling evilly to himself, hurried ashore and entered an elevator, which took him up into the old-fashioned living room of the massive century-old house which stood on the top of the cliff and was the island's only dwelling. (laughs) Still cackling, he pressed various buttons. Windows slammed. The elevator disappeared. A section of the floor swiveled And a gleaming instrument console and a large video screen rose smoothly into the room. The waiter turned a control and the screen flickered and then lit up, casting a ghostly light through the room. On the screen appeared the thin, Mephistophelian features of King Titan, the ruthless ruler of the underwater city of Titanica and Troy Tempest's bitter enemy.
2: (laughs) Well, Surface Agent X-20 You have something special to report That you summon me at this hour
7: Yes, almighty Titan I succeeded in getting the details of the route Stingray will take on patrol tomorrow
2: Splendid Give them to me, slave And I will prepare a little surprise For the accursed Troy Tempest
7: But, Master... I have no longer got them.
2: You mean you have lost
7: them, fool? No, Mighty One. I thought of a clever scheme. There was an enemy of Tempest. He was seeking to steal Stingray, so I gave him the details of the route. He will destroy Tempest.
2: Fool! do imbecile! It is more likely that Tempest will destroy him. If you had brought that information to me, I could have sent a squadron of mechanical fish to ambush Stingray at the most convenient point on its route. Ah! Beware, x to 0 There will come a time when I shall get tired of your stupid mistakes. Uh. <laughs> oh,
1: Oh, well, there's a tease for Ooh, you now. Yes. Uh, Stingling Monster from the Deep is out in March, at mm-hmm. the end of March. So, stand okay. by for action. Uh, Great. Now, yeah, Richard, you enjoyed my uh, wet pun.
0: Wet oh, I appetite. did notice. Uh, I what, did what, notice what? you didn't say wet this time. Yes.
1: You? Yeah. No, I, I said it on purpose. So. said
0: wet. Uh, said on porpoise, you mean. <laughs> 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 hey,
1: oh Goodness me. It? That's that's yeah. why they pay Richard James the big bucks, you see. That's Isn't true. Right? What that's a star! Right. What yeah. a star! Uh, what no, a star! <laughs> Monster from the Deep is out next month. Uh, hardback, CD, and digital download from BigFinish.com, and there will be a Kindle ebook to follow shortly after.
0: Good. PWR. Uh, over f- oh, sorry, have you finished? PwR. That was B- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. But you've done, have you? Yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, lovely listeners over on our podcast Facebook group. Uh, have been posting their thoughts about their favourite interviews and so on over the last 200-odd pods. Morty Vicker says he's been listening for every single one. Uh, listen to them all at least once. Cool. And for a few, more than once. Cool. Uh, I, I know. I have never enjoyed any interview more than those with Dr. Matthew Sweet. And it's for that reason yeah. that I have such anticipation for the upcoming BritBox documentary. Not that Matthew Sweet takes part in that, I don't think, but... Um, a delving beneath the surface, I think, is what uh, Multi Vicker enjoys. Yeah, see, that's that what I, I found Sweet. so yeah.
1: interesting about that chat with Matthew. And if you haven't yeah. heard it, can I recommend you have a listen? Because I learnt things during that chat with Matthew that I hadn't realised about Dad before. Yeah, um, amazing. Same experience with, with Samira Ahmed, actually. Um, yeah, right. You know, very clever people looking at things from a very smart and, and knowledgeable perspective uh, yeah. can just shed light on things yeah. in a way you don't expect. So Absolutely. Uh, definitely yeah. worth a listen.
0: Uh, yeah he says uh, just from what we know so far about the documentary it's clear it's going to be a real revelation for all those who love and respect Jerry and his work I'd say it's tricky to pick the Randomizer's true grand opus but I'll go with Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons and Model Spy because of its true laugh out loudness from the genius of his observational comedy Steve Andy Rogers says listened from the beginning it was a great way to start the week Fave interview has to be Mummy A honest and informative Fave Randomizer, oh this is a tough one they're always entertaining so all of them finally he says Uh, For Pod 200, let's have a fun competition like select a date for Stingray Day or ask for submissions for an A21 story. You choose series and word count with one entry per person and the winner gets their story published nice that's that's idea, good Yeah, good idea yeah, yeah yeah all these Oh, going to the hat and over on Twitter people have been hashtagging us uh, Jerry Anderson podcast and tagging me Richard Ed James him over there I'm Jamie Anderson and him over there oh look he's doing a sort of swirl of uh, whipped cream on top of those uh, hot chocolates over there that's Chris Dalek love you we'll get to him in a moment uh, Lost in Transition tweeted uh, another highly entertaining journey to work thanks to Jamie Richard and Chris et al on the Jerry Anderson podcast listening at lunchtime and looking forward to the remainder on the way home thanks again folks Jeff Owen says catching up slowly on the jerry anderson podcast pod 187 and listen to peter lawrence's email about turning people into food in the movie soylent green mm. hate to spoil your day says jeff but guess when that film is set 2022 oh Mm. Thanks, also, finally, he says, I've watched the first episode of Torchy. I swear in another universe, this would have been a horror movie. Torchy, him, Torchy himself looks like he's about to eat your soul. No wonder Chris Dale hates this coming up on the podcast randomizer. And finally, Jack Max says, I weekly listen to the Jerry Anderson podcast with Richard James and Jamie Anderson, who I once made laugh by saying the commentary on Thunderbirds 2004 is basically... Jonathan Frakes saying sorry for 90 minutes. <laughs> I remember uh, it well. Shame. Yeah, no comment. Uh, so there we are. Uh, a few more messages after the randomizer, but uh, I think that'll do for now. Brilliant. Mm.
1: Uh, well, it's coming out of time for the randomizer, and I yes, can see I Chris so. rapidly approaching. Well, not rapidly, <sighs> gliding it, almost, Yes, isn't he? With indeed. a tray of coffees. Now, yes! I have a feeling he's been practicing his uh-huh. foam drawing
0: oh that's what it, i see what yes, delights okay. do you
1: think that chris has drawn oh, for us
0: let's have a look in the foam what have you got on yours
1: i've got a quite like, an accurate thunderbird 2 including panel yeah. lines i don't know how he's done it it's a it's oh, incredible. That's very nice isn't it yeah and
0: look, look at mine you, you see mine look i've got i've got lou hirsch
1: oh actually, I, I think that might just be a, a love heart possibly for valentine's day but with no I thought it was like, you know, it's Romek, isn't it? But it could be... Oh, I had it upside down. Car.
0: I had it upside down. You're yeah, right, yes. Yeah, Well, thanks, Chris. Thank That's you so much. That's very yeah. Valentine's-y
1: and very Thunderbird's-y. I mean, he's, he's really... <laughs> yeah. He's really knocked he's it out got the park of for this it. Valentine's thing. I, I mean, it's a bit late in the day for a coffee for me, Chris, but thank you. Well, uh, I'll have yours as well. Pass it over. OK, two coffees for you. Now, while you drink those, uh, and I drink some water. Uh, It's time for Chris's randomizer. He's gonna press the big red button and uh, select a random episode of a random Derry Anderson series And let's hope it's not torchy. Poor thing. Over to you Chris for your randomizer
10: We gotta make it if we fall down on this one We've had it well uh, steady on Eddie. I've only asked you to press the button on the randomizer It's not like I'm asking you to blow up a mountain or anything. That's where you're wrong what do we do? Well, finger on the red button is how it's traditionally done. I know my job. Okay, okay, sorry. That's it. Now we just have to hope it's an episode the Podstrons will enjoy. I'm beginning to think this one will be beyond even that. pessimist. Let's take a look. It'll break us. Oh, that bad, is it? Yes, it was. Right, let's see. Oh, okay, well, yes, it's certainly, uh, borderline. Yeah, I. I guess it's over to you now. Oh, thank you very much. Here's The Protectors. There'll be a good bonus for this. (laughs) Well, I'm, uh, I mean, this is an episode, it's a series two episode of The Protectors and it's not set in the UK. So instantly I barely remember anything about this. Um, But secondly, oh, after last week, this is such a, such a come down. I think anything would be, though, uh, after last week, after my favourite episode of Stingray. Anyway, here we are with the Protectors. Borderline. And, um, interestingly enough... It's a pleasure, Mr. Barr. Thank you for coming. This lady appeared in the last Protectors episode that appeared on the randomizer. This is... What I need you to do. Georgia Brown, who was in One and One Makes One. It's your birthplace for the Hungarian government wouldn't give you a visa. <laughs> Not even a safe conduct pass for 24 hours. And this lady wants to go back to Hungary. She'll deny me my country. Do you know why? No, do tell. Because i are afraid of you. You're a famous actress
9: who gets a great deal of press attention denouncing the Hungarian government eloquently and often. Not true, Hungary. Apparently you're attempting to swing public opinion against them. The government in Budapest still stands. And Hungarians are not free. Okay, so... Are you political, Mr Ruhl?
10: We know what this lady's motivations are now. You say I, I keep score.
9: You know my father, Yanis Tabori. Mm-hmm. A liberal politician. A patriot. A leader during the 56 uprising. Okay. As defence minister, he outfaced the Russians during our ten days of freedom. Oh. And they sent in the tanks.
10: I'm going to struggle with this. He's into exile. Apologies in advance, I'm going to struggle with this.
9: So, it is for him. I ask your
10: help. You both want to go back to Hungary. My father must return to his country. Proudly. Oh, but I do remember there's a problem with that plan. Okay. Where is he?
9: In here, Mr. Woodall.
10: In this church-type place where coffins are held... I wonder where he could be. Oh! He's in a coffin. So we are back from the opening titles, and thus we know now what we need to do. We need to get... Ilona Tabori. Thank you, um, opening credits, for giving me the name of the character. We need to get her and her father's body back to Hungary. Uh, I believe this is... uh, Is it Salzburg we're in now?
3: We're
10: at the airport. This flight plan
3: specifies Salzburg, Austria.
10: Oh, that's where we're going, okay.
3: I understood the disease
4: to
10: be Hungarian. I don't know where we are to start with. We're going to Salzburg. I think that's where most of this episode is set, and then we're going on to Hungary. If things go well. Journey begins. They may not go well. I know they're certainly not going well at my end, because uh as I said, this is, is not an episode I, I remember very well, and, um...
9: Twelve people at my father's burial is not a crowd, even under your condition.
10: I don't know that this kind of story... I remember this being quite a sort of sombre story. No publicity. As and no Hungarian police. a lot of second season Protectors episodes are.
9: I promise I wanted to get. Yeah. I have memorised...
10: So, yeah...
9: Why will you not believe me? If I
10: didn't, I'd call it off. And this is the, this is the thing, I, I really genuinely like The Protectors for the most part. I don't want to give the impression that I'm down on it, because I'm really not. Uh, I mean, I've watched every episode of this show at least twice, um, some of them possibly about half a dozen times. You are clear to leave for Salzburg. So I do enjoy this show, but uh, sometimes it defies analysis and it defies commentary. At least um, on the, you know, on the fly, off the cuff um, commentary like this. Anyway, the plane is ready to leave wherever this is airport, and the Contessa has arrived. Which is a relief, because I seem to remember this being a Harry Solo episode, but uh, she's turned up. Oh, okay, no, maybe this is the airport. This is Salzburg. They've now landed, um, I guess, or not.
9: Very striking. As reported. If she's all she's reported to be, I wonder if you can trust her. I don't have to.
10: Okay, yes, yeah, so the, the coffin is now being loaded from the plane into the Contessa's limo. A lot of people are up on the, uh, I guess, an observation deck on top of the airport watching the filming, and that happens a few times in the Protectors. Where there's clearly crowds and crowds of people gathered to watch the filming, and they can't work around it. I remember there's a chase scene in—it's uh, oh, in the first season. I want to say um, it, it was all over in Leipzig, where Harry is is chasing this guy, and suddenly in one shot, there's about a thousand people behind him because they've gathered on the edge of uh, of a building to watch. Anyway, we have now parked in the middle of nowhere, and we are doing a switch. Oh, okay, they, they put the coffin in the hearse, and the they are now switching the coffin from the hearse to the Contessa's limo. And they will proceed with their journey that way. Ooh. But a red car has pulled out in front of them.
2: Zoltan! Ah! Zoltan oh. <clears throat>
10: These two seem to know each other.
9: Zoltan! Pe-
10: this seems uh, against the plan.
9: i from Budapest, Zoltan calls.
2: A new friend, Harry Rule.
10: How do you do, Mr. Cole? Oh, oh, he's got a gun.
2: Zoltan, what are you doing? You've been betrayed. By you? No, this so called friend of yours, this mercenary.
9: Zoltan, he's helping me. I am. What are you keeping up for the Budapest authorities? I'm the
2: Hungarian patriot. That's what I said. Oh. You out. Zoltan.
10: Hmm. Out.
2: Out? Out.
10: Well, out. we're not going to have a fight scene because we're not going to. I'm getting. We're not going to beat up this, uh elderly chap, Zoltan Trust me, I'm your friend
9: uh, Harry, please don't call the police I'll deal with it, I need your word, okay?
10: Oh, okay Right. I was going to say Zoltan, that is a Flash Gordon name, isn't it? Okay, so old man has hijacked the uh, Contessor's limo left Harry and the contestant on the side of the road Well A new record for failure, I suspect A write-off
9: Hungarian Patriot
10: I hope the Patriot had the decency to leave the key well, we'll take his red car. Because why not? Salzburg. Oh, and here's Paul. Another character I didn't expect to see this week. Well, hello. Hello, yourself. In style. We lost our car. Yes, I know. Someone left a note about it. With apologies. Oh, that was good. So, with our plans down the toilet, it's booze time.
9: Yes, I'm so sorry.
10: Oh, no, she's turned up again. <laughs>
9: Now, Zoltan.
10: Zoltan. My humble apologies to both of you. How can you forgive me? I can. not Oh no, I'm thinking of Voltan, aren't I, from Flash Gordon? With the
6: body of Janos Tabori.
10: But Zoltan still sounds like Zoltan, destroyer of worlds. Mary,
6: you can trust
10: him. So now he found out. has told Zoltan. Father here about the plan To him, you had to do that as a rule I understand now Zoltan has succeeded my
9: father as leader of the underground movement so naturally so naturally the deal is off oh Harry no oh
10: well, Harry's in a, a bit of a strop my condition is no politics
6: and so it will be I promise
10: you don't blame me, Lorna. the fault is mine mine mm. entirely and Zoltan who has a face made up of like uh, 80% eye bags and 20% facial fluff he's got some spectacular eyebrows on him strictly
9: Harry
10: He seems to be on side The has given Harry the nod to say Well, why not? Let him do it As a Hungarian patron? Yes, gladly Everything you say Okay So It's now five for Operation Get Coffin to Hungary But who's this watching them from a table?
4: Hello Elona Tabori, isn't it? I'm Gerald Marks, London Press. This is a bit of luck.
10: And ah, Reporter Guy.
4: Boris
10: on a holiday. no interviews. What? Yet. Played by John Lorimore, who uh, later turned up again in... Yeah, that's right. Space 1999, Black Sun. He was uh, Smitty, Alpha's uh, engineer guy, for that episode at least. Well, having failed to get a uh, interview from Ilona directly, Reporter Guy has gone over to chat to Zoltan. He seems more than willing to share information. Ready. Yes, ready. He's in Vienna and ready. Call. Oh, Vienna. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll see you in Hungary. I went there
9: once. And we'll see how we using A Long time ago. Transmission is short, otherwise you would be talking to the fugs. Here, voila.
10: Oh. What, Zoltan? Au revoir. So, everyone's going in different directions. We're following. Who are we following here? I don't know. All I can see is a field with some cows in it. Oh, there's a car. Okay. <laughs> right.
9: <sighs> I never liked myself as a blonde.
10: Yeah. Okay, she's putting on a blonde wig. How do I look? <laughs> like a blonde who doesn't like herself. <laughs> when did you wear that in? Mm,
9: some movie I made in Rome. I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> You're lucky. It's supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> like this one else. <laughs> All right, well, the
10: border
9: is just a couple of miles from here. And remember, we're supposed to be on a happy
10: holiday. And never forget my lines. Okay, right. So we're now at the border. And uh, I don't know where this is filmed. It might be on location somewhere in Europe, but it does look very familiar to the uh, uh, ITC border... Checkpoint, forest, road—that you would see in things like uh, *The Persuaders* and *Man in a Suitcase*. Passport's good. I hope you so. border guard is checking the uh, the boot.
0: You cool hmm?
10: can't get in. Need the keys. In your pocketbook. His loner is <laughs> now wearing a blonde wig. To presumably give the impression that she is not famous movie star Ilona. Maybe
9: you lost them. No, I didn't lose them.
10: Whatever her name is.
9: Oh come on, Harry. What are we going to do?
10: Tell them that we lost. <laughs> Park over there. It's not looking good for whatever's happening. Looks like.
2: Hi, John.
10: But who's this in this lorry thing? Okay, they're trying lots of uh, skeleton keys on the boot. Uh, Oh, they got the boot open. And they have found... Picnic stuff, I guess. Is that... Oh. That was the advert break cliffhanger. They'd opened the boot. And now they're tipping out the luggage. It's exciting stuff. You've got to say it's exciting stuff. But, you know, I do feel that I'm being... Oh, Paul was driving the lorry. That was convenient. Yeah, I do feel I'm being unfair to this, comparing it directly to what came last week with Stingray, because it's it's not the same thing, and it's not... You know, I can't be down on this episode if it it isn't exciting or action-packed, because there's nothing that says it has to be. If it wants to be a... A smaller, more character-focused, political-based story—that's that's absolutely fine. It's just in watching them in quick succession, one a week like this, you do you do sort of have um, peaks and troughs, and in terms of um, not necessarily quality, but in terms of the kinds of stories that are being told, so. And the fact that, again, it's the protectors, we have 52 of these to get through. With a target of, I think, 550-something randomizer episodes, that does mean we're going to turn up one roughly every ten weeks or so. Caroline?
7: Loud
9: and clear, Harry.
10: Did you fix the contacts?
9: All taken care of.
10: Good, anything else?
9: I tailed Zoltan across the border. Uh Uh-huh. I don't like it, Harry. Shall we reverse?
10: Not yet, Out. Okay, so, Harry and Ilona got wherever they were trying to go. She's now taken the blonde wig off. Have they got the body now? Looks like they might have. Suspicious-looking official has just driven past on a motorbike. Yes, they've got the coffin. Well, a coffin. They're now going into the church or chapel or crematorium or
9: a te
10: wherever we're going to leave him. Ah! Zoltan has arrived. To pay his respects. Goes and sits with Ilona. And who's this? Oh, it's the reporter guy. Yep, Harry's not going to have any of that in here. want a story, Marks? Because I'll tell you what you do. You drive
9: your car back across the border, as though your life depends on it, because it might. Ooh. And Then tomorrow morning, if you're a good boy, you might get an exclusive interview with Ilona Tabori.
4: Look, I need pictures. Ilona Tabori
9: defies authority. No, pictures. If you don't leave right now, you might not get a story either.
4: You promised the exclusive?
10: That was uh, probably the most engaged I've seen Robert Vaughan throughout this whole show dealing with reporters. I, I suspect a lot of that came from... Uh, real-life experiences of, uh know, various reporters trying to uh, climb the walls of his home, perhaps. Anyway, Zoltan has finished comforting Elona. It's now time to be on his way. And one thing I do remember about this episode... Uh, so I, you know, oddly, I remember the fact that I don't remember much about this episode going into it. But one thing I do remember liking about this is the score. This is a lovely uh, lovely episodic score with a really nice um, melody. You must speak at my father's burial service.
9: And so do I. I told you no speeches. Oh, Harry, don't you see the world must know I stood at my father's grave and defied the authorities. You can tell the reporters anything you want tomorrow in Austria. Until then, you dummy up.
10: So I guess we are now in Hungary. He's lying in state the night before the funeral. Ilona, today you bite your tongue. And Harry is trying to reinforce the whole don't-go-shouting-your-mouth-off thing. Yeah. But she doesn't seem... Could we really be arrested? Sent to prison? She doesn't seem entirely on board with that. I think I haven't the spirit of a martyr. And it's a nice performance from Georgia Brown. It's almost dawn. Let's wake up the priest. Ah. So, happy funeral day everybody, this is, uh, this is fun. Yes, it's now the day of the funeral and Ilona is there and so is Zoltan. And um, yeah, Mr. Reporter Guy is uh, also hanging around and of course Harry is accompanying her into the, uh, the cemetery. Yes, a nice, a very nice score for this episode, even though it's a very sort of downbeat episode. It is quite a nice score on the uh, Protector's soundtrack CDs, which again I thoroughly recommend if you can track those down. I think they're out of print now. But uh, as Elona's watching her father about to be lowered into the ground, you can see she's struggling.
2: She wants to speak.
10: Mary uh, keeps shooting eyes in her direction don't do it, don't do it because there's a military police type guy over there watching but ultimately she knows her father would probably want her to speak to stand up and uh, denounce the enemies of uh, of freedom what side is she uh is she going to, to take in this struggle?
2: Dear friends and comrades, we all knew and loved our comrade Janus.
10: He's now in the ground.
2: Ask his daughter to address you.
10: Oh. Oh! Zoltan's maneuvered her into it. So. Don't do it.
9: Thank you for everything you've done for us,
10: Harry. Don't speak. I must. Naughty Zoltan. But as I recall There's no real sort of Sense that he's an actual villain as such He's um, given her the opportunity Really She could have declined But she hasn't So it's an interesting Conflict for the character And um, Now that she is denouncing the enemies of Her people
9: village of his
10: birth. Harry seems to be getting out of there pretty quickly.
9: It is my duty to fulfill this wish.
10: Activate reverse. Right. Oh, they have a plan. They have a plan. Does it involve the protector mobile? Is it gonna come crashing into the cemetery and we're gonna have a high-speed chase around the place? No.
9: Ask you to remember.
10: No, the reporter is there now.
9: My father was and
10: Getting good coverage from all angles. Oh, that's it. Here are the police. To employ you. Did Harry just dob her in?
9: Not to allow the flame that burned so brightly for
10: you. Cute- oh, I think he might have done. Yes, police officers are advancing into the cemetery. The patriotic flame that
9: burned in my father's heart
10: lives on
9: in us. That's
10: it. I had enough of that. She's being carried away. Oh as is the reporter guy and Harry
9: called the police.
10: Oh he can't bring himself to say it but he did. Wow. Okay. This is some heavy stuff. And I think this is probably why I don't remember this episode all that well because it's um you know when you've got a format that allows your show to be basically a different series every week you can do a smaller character piece like this. Um, and the show did this a couple of times, focused a lot of attention on its guest characters. I think to mostly to great effect. Um, certainly here it's been quite successful, with this woman who's, uh, who, whose morals and her duty are torn. Anyway, we're now up to the uh, border checkpoint again very nice long shot of uh, Harry and Ilona walking towards each other. What's going to happen now?
9: They tell me I have a choice.
10: Oh, that's nice of them.
9: And you arranged everything. Oh. I was asked to help bury your father in his native soil. You knew the conditions. I'm afraid it wasn't as simple as that.
10: Lovely music again. I know.
9: And now? What's my choice? another condition. They want you to sign a press release thanking the Hungarian government for their help and understanding. Give tyranny a little heart. Yeah. Hmm. What do I do, Harry? Your country. Your choice. (laughs) There is no choice.
10: well, um oh, Harry had the uh, paper all ready for her to sign and she's done it well then that would seem to conclude our business here yep, Elona's free her father is back home in his native soil where he would want to be and uh That's it. The Protectors are taking her home. That was Borderline. Oh my goodness, what a difficult episode to talk about. I think this is a problem with uh, much of the second series of The Protectors is with these downbeat endings, and it did these a lot, um, I can admire the episodes more than I can enjoy them. So this one I think I would certainly say I admire the intention and the moral ambiguity behind this one. It's not a sort of rock'em sock'em typical Protectors action episode, but it's nice to see the show realise it didn't always have to be that in the avenues and alleyways yes that's right it's where I like to
1: hang out over a weekend yeah. <laughs> they call it your second home uh, that's right yeah the protectors meh
0: well yeah, oh, really I think it's got some merit hasn't it well I mean they're quite short lovely. episodes sometimes the yeah. location's quite nice yeah. sometimes meh. when they you know do it
1: properly never really no. done it for me no. but there you go anyway hopefully something more sci fi in next week's randomizer. Yes. at least it wasn't torchy Yes, there is that. We must be grateful for small mercies. Small mercies, indeed. Uh, now, if you'd like to grant us a small mercy, uh, yeah. please do leave us a rating and a review.
10: <laughs> yeah, That'd yeah, be yeah.
1: nice. That would be lovely. A little tiny gift to us as we approach ah. our 200th podiversary. Although it's not podiversary, is it? But it's, uh, yeah, mm. 200th episode. Uh, <laughs> just go on to your podcast provider of choice, give us a star rating, and write us a little tiny review. Yes. Well, not too tiny, but, you know, some words that might give people a flavour of what the podcast's about. We'd really appreciate that, wouldn't we, Richard?
0: Yeah, that would be nice, yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, Just before we go, a couple more uh, comments from our lovely listeners. Steve Bushell says, I too have endured, sorry, enjoyed each and every podcast and Fab Live (laughs) uh, the pure excitement of a Monday lunchtime when I get the familiar music and the anticipation of what is to come in the next 30 minutes times three. Uh, Too many interviews to pick from, he says, I'd like to hear Richard interview Chris Dale, though, because we've only had snippets of his Anderson involvement. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Gordon Cooper says, I think I started listening at episode 63, but I listened to the prior episodes daily until I caught up and I haven't missed one since. My favourite interview, if I must choose one, is the one with Sophie Aldred. This is interesting, isn't it? It's is quite early days, wasn't it? Sophie Aldred, And she's her name's coming up quite a bit and I especially enjoy interviews with puppeteers. For the 200th episode, I would like a double-sized Fab Facts.
1: A double helping of a fab fact.
0: He says, seriously, it's my favourite <laughs> segment. And on that note, I think that's enough contribution from our <coughs> listeners. <clears throat> All right, Moody. For this week, yeah. Goodness but no, me. But more next week, of course. Yeah. Yes. Including as long more... as no one mentions um, f words.
1: No one says the F word. OK, well, we try and avoid that <laughs> anyway. But uh, OK. OK. Yeah. <laughs> Please do drop us a line with your thoughts to podcast at jerryanderson.com. We may well read them yes. out and say some things in response to your note. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Or we might not. Let's see. Anyway, we'll be back in your ears again for pod one nine three next week. How does that sound?
0: Wow, that's amazing. Is that a Looking deal? forward to it
1: already. Okay. That'd be a good one. Uh, we can almost guarantee that's a possibility. That it might be. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We'll bid you farewell, have a lovely week. And we'll be in your ears next week. Ta
0: Bye for now.
9: Stage one complete.
3: Let's go.
1: Think we're contractually obliged to be good now?
0: Oh well, I hope not. I haven't signed <laughs> anything of you. I haven't signed a thing to say I've got to be good. No, but verbal contracts and all that. I do think also we should settle on some sort of sign-off, a consistent sign-off, a phrase, a catchphrase. I don't know. Because we Hot don't off? really have that, do we? Pod off? No, I don't think so. No, um, that's not quite what I was reaching for. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe we should think of something for, for the next, for, for, for pod 200, for the next 200 pods after that. Okay. We should have a, we should have a consistent sign-off. Over and out uh, that sort of uh, thing. That kind
1: of, you, want, you want to well, Jerry Anderson
0: sign-off. Exactly. And also, over and out doesn't work, of course, does it? You know why? Why? Well, now, now this is a bit of a bugbear. In military dramas and audio plays and so on, whenever you hear the phrase over and out, yeah. a chill goes down my spine. Because when you're talking on a two-way radio and you say over, that means it's time for the next person to speak. Yeah, So it wouldn't be over and out. It'd be out, would it, it? It's just out, exactly. Right. They got Otherwise, that
1: they're... right in Doctor Who, didn't they, then, in that case, I'm sure. Uh, did they? Yeah, I'm sure uh, the brain well, so. just says
0: out. Good yeah because over and out you're inviting them to speak and then cutting them off well
1: maybe maybe that's a good reason to do it if you <laughs> yeah. you, you know if you Perhaps. want to take the mickey out of the person uh, don't you think
0: Richard anyway yeah, hey, that's
10: go it ahead. goodbye nice to whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> sorry
3: I couldn't help myself anyway uh, over, over and, and out over and out you have been listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast wasn't it fun you have been listening to an Anderson entertainment production